Welcome to the Main Street Author Podcast, the place to discover how traditional business owners are leveraging the power of being a published author to grow their business. Get ready to discover practical and proven ways to enhance your reputation, build trust, and establish authority by authoring your own short, helpful book. On every episode, you'll hear from guest Main Street authors who have successfully authored, published, and leveraged their own book and want you to do the same. Now, here's your host of the Main Street Author Podcast, Mike Capuzzi. Welcome, everybody, to another insightful episode of the Main Street Author Podcast, the place to inspire local business owners to author, publish, and leverage their own short, helpful books, or shooks as I call them. Today, I'm pleased to be able to have a conversation with author Susan Friedman. Susan is a certified speaking professional and is a well-respected niche marketer who has written 14 books, including her bestsellers, Meeting and Event Planning for Dummies, and Riches and Niches, How to Make It Big in a Small Market. Now, recently, I was a guest on Susan's podcast, and I was so impressed with what she has done, I wanted to invite her to be a guest on my podcast. So, Susan, welcome to the Main Street Author Podcast. What a pleasure it is to be here, Mike. And it's an interesting turn of events that you are putting me in the hot seat this time. (laughs) Well, you and I were just talking about your podcast, and again, thank you for inviting me to be a part of that, but you were up to several hundred episodes, and we'll have to share all that at the uh, towards the end of this, but you are a seasoned pro when it comes to podcasts, so uh, I appreciate being on yours, and now, like you said, having you sort of in the hot seat, if you will. Well, my pleasure, and I'm excited to speak to your listeners as you were to mine. Yeah. Well, listen, let's jump in. So I just gave a very brief introduction. Can you tell everybody a little bit about more about what you do, who you serve, how you serve them, and all that good stuff? So my primary business at the moment is Aviva Publishing, and we work with nonfiction authors. And not only do we publish their book, but that's just a small part of what we do. Our primary focus when it comes to working with Aviva authors is that we want to help these authors who are interested to go from being this undiscovered author to being a recognized expert in their niche market. And that's our little sweet spot. Now, relative to your own author journey, and was I accurate in that count 14 books so far? I believe that's right. I sort of thought, if it's 14, is it 15? Whatever. <laughs> once, you, once you get up to that level, it gets a little, a little mercury, but it's a lot. But let's kind of rewind, Susan, if we can, back to before you published your first book. And really what your thought process was then, and if you could kind of contrast that to even today with your own book authoring and how you help clients, like what was that big reason to want to become a book author? So it's actually a very funny story because I didn't have any idea that I wanted to be an author. And it was only when I had started my speaking training business about 30 years ago, and that sort of ages me a little bit, uh, that uh, I went to, I joined the National Speakers Association and I went to one of their workshops and I met with one of the big names in the organization. His name's Nida Cobain. And I thought, 
I've got to ask Nito a question. And the question I asked him is, what piece of wisdom could you give me as a novice in this business? And without any hesitation, he said, write a book. Okay. (laughs) I was like, well, that's not quite the advice I was looking for, but thank you just the same. He said, well, it doesn't matter if it's published, self-published. It's okay. Just write that book and be a published author. And I sort of went away thinking, ah, I don't really want to do that, but maybe I should. (laughs) And so that was really the nucleus of how I got started in this. And of course, I wanted to be traditionally published. I'm like 30 years ago, being self-published wasn't exactly what one did then. It was, I I don't know if it was frowned upon, but traditionally published was it. So I went looking for a publisher who would sort of fit my criteria of being very basic, practical, tips and techniques. That's my style of writing. And would you say today, would your mindset be any different? Or how do you encourage folks that you meet? Um, and you know, what kind of reasons why are you're seeing, you know, traditional business owners primarily becoming authors. What, what, are, what are they really looking for? They're looking to stand out from the crowd. And this is an excellent way to differentiate yourself. My sweet spot is niche marketing or niche marketing. Um, my book is Riches and Niches, so I've got to talk about niche marketing. It's tough for me being a Brit, you know, so... <laughs> But uh, niche marketing, niche marketing, that's what I specialize in. And in order to really stand out from the crowd, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a chiropractor, whether you're a real estate agent, an accountant, you've got to do something different because in the minds of everybody out there, you sort of all look the same. And when there's sameness in the marketplace, people don't know who to go to, and then it's price or it's referral. Word of mouth advertising, as you know, is the strongest form of advertising. So being a published author and setting yourself apart out there in the marketplace is priceless as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and and I don't disagree. I mean, you and I are similar in the fact that we do help business owners become published authors and you know i can you know wholeheartedly agree but let me just play devil's advocate for a moment even susan in this day and age with twitter and social media and the fact that you can do so much free stuff online are you telling me that you still believe printed books are effective way is an effective type of media for you know most if not all business owners Absolutely. There's something about that tangible product that it looks real. It looks as if you're a real author. As we know, it's so easy to be out there and you can publish, you can put something together over a weekend, you can put it on Kindle and boom, you're an author. Great. It just doesn't have the same cachet as having that printed piece 
that you could show people and they're like, wow, you actually wrote this? So, yes, uh, there is just something about that. And I don't think that's ever going to go away, however much we do online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree. And I think without a doubt, I'm going to be at an event next week speaking at an event. And uh, I have I have my shooks I'll be bringing with me and handing out and, and doing all that. And I just know for a fact, just with my own experience, that there's something special that happens when you hand somebody a copy of your book or in my case a shook and uh you see their sort of their you know eyes light up or they just kind of realize wait you're the person who just wrote this that's kind of cool but um Hey, by the way, back to Nito Cobain, because I wanted to mention, first of all, uh, I have just about every Nito Cobain book, CD, ROM. Uh, he's an amazing speaker, and um, it, it, would, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't phase me to hear that, you know, he would give you that advice all those years ago. I mean, he's a prolific author, and, you know, talk about being able to stand out and somebody who's really done an amazing job. It's Nito Cobain for sure. Oh, yes. And he's got the sensational story that he came to America from Lebanon with $50 in his pocket. And now he's a multi, multi millionaire. He is the head of uh, what is it? The High university point. High, High Point. point. Yep. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. My mind just went blank for a second. I saw the word and I just could not say it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's an impressive thing that he's you know what he has built. And again, if if anyone listening has never read a, a book by Nito uh, or listened to any of his CDs, he's just amazing. So, but back to you, Susan. So let's talk about your book, Riches in Niches: How to Make It Big in a Small Market. Because when you told me about this when I was a guest on your podcast, you know I love the concept. So tell me a little bit more about that book um, and you know what readers get from it. So first of all, the reason for writing the book was many years ago, I realized that I had become an expert, a go-to expert, a recognized expert in a niche market, and that was in the trade show training arena. And I thought, well, I wonder if what I did could be duplicated And other people, entrepreneurs, small business owners could take the strategies that I'd used to become this expert and become an expert in their own right, in their own niche market. And I took this idea to an editor and they loved it. And I was like, wow, you know, I didn't think that that would be the reaction, but I was thrilled because when I I had to retrace the strategies, because I'm not a strategist, I'm a creative, I'm not an analytic. And so I did things by gut. I mean, I just did things. And somehow they worked. But when I look back, I realized that I actually had seven specific strategies that I had used over the course of 20 years to become this expert, this go-to expert. And I thought, well, okay, giving people those seven strategies, then they can cut that time by hopefully many, many years. They don't have to be in business 20 years before they become that expert. So that really is the the way the book's been put together. I've got these distinct uh, strategies in the book. Would you like me to share some of those with you? absolutely, yeah. 
So the first is having a name that says what you do. And that for me was very specific. I went through a lot of iterations of my name at the time. It started off with being Diadem Communications, which I don't know about you, but I don't know if that means anything to you, but it didn't mean anything to (laughs) the marketplace. But once I called myself the trade show coach, then all of a sudden there was a recognition of what I do. So that was the first thing. Uh, The second was I am a great media lover, and I feel that building your media muscle, and I know when I wrote this, social media was just starting out. This book was written in 2007, but it's still selling very well now. I just got some royalties from sales. So uh, it's a few years old, as, as I say, and... That the media, and I'd, I wanted to share this with your listeners, from their standpoint, their local media is hungry for information. And if they can tap into their uh, media, be it the print media, be it radio, TV, all of the above, they're hungry. More hungry, don't forget about the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post, they couldn't care less about you. But the local media, they want local information. And if you're seen in that arena, as I said, either in print, on TV, on radio, all of a sudden, you're a celebrity in your environment. So that adds to the cachet that if you have a book, which I would hope that they would, then uh, that's part of that. Uh, So writing is a big part of it as well. I call it catching writing fever. Mm -hmm. And once you've got one book, I believe you can cut, dice, slice, repurpose that book in many different forms. And I know you're a big believer in that too, Mike. I agree. And I think it's an important part for everyone to kind of just think about this, this idea of media muscle and local media. And it's within every local business owner's you know, world of opportunity. And you don't have to spend gobs of money on a PR firm and, and that whole thing. I mean, if you have something that's valuable to share, creating a media release, sending it out to a contact list. Susan, I'm not, I'm not even sure you were aware of this or we, if we talked about it on your podcast. Did we talk about my daughter's book that she published? Yes, I thought that was so exciting. Well, and I only share that because here's an 18-year-old, and albeit I was helping her, but she not only published a shook, a short book, but she was able to get a ton of local media. And this was all good because we were donating all the proceeds to dog rescues. That's what the book was about. But she was featured on the front page of several newspapers in our area. Uh, One of the local magazines uh, did a feature on... 15 people under the age of 30 to watch out for and she was one of those and again that all came from literally one media release that we did ourselves you know so this is what you're talking about is something that any business owner who kind of puts their mind to this can do and you know in this day and age it's still powerful to be seen in print it's still powerful to be you know whether it's tv or radio so uh, uh, you know, having a book and using the book as the centerpiece 
I think is a, a very smart way. Any any other ways, Susan, you're seeing either that you've talked about in your book or in your work with authors that you're seeing these folks leverage their books? So with a book, you can create courses. So they could do online webinars, they could do presentations, they could do presentations at uh, the community center, they could do presentations at a Rotary or a Lions Club or Elks. They, once they've got that, they can do so much with it. They can create a checklist, they can do tip sheets, they can do special reports, and it's all with the same material. So they don't have to have other material. So once they've got the one book, I feel they're good for a long time with just the one book. If I tell you that between from the first book that I had published, we created different products and we sold over 300,000 of them. Wow. So it, it was just one book with one set of material that, again, as I say, we cut, dice, sliced, did, did lots of different things with, and yet we were able to sell it in all different formats. Interesting. So let me ask you, I'll kind of go off script here for a second. I'm sure you work with lots of different types of authors. Of course, the ones that I work with tend to be the traditional local business owner who has a, a local community they serve, a local geographic area. So being world famous is not really important to them, but being, quote, famous in their community is. Relative to the people you work with, is there anything that you you know can identify or share with us and our listeners? What works for those types of business owners when it comes to leveraging a book? Now, you mentioned some, which I think are very smart, speaking at local clubs and organizations. Is there anything else, Susan, you've seen in your years that really works well for a local business owner? So many of my authors actually are local business owners. They may be therapists, chiropractors, what else? Financial planners. I've got a, a few financial planners. And so all their work is done on a local basis. Giving that book away as part of their service, again, is something that helps stand them out from the crowd. And doing all the things that we talked about, one, the financial planner actually also has a podcast. He has a column in the local paper, which again, if you're going to get in print, if you can get a column, mm -hmm. that's a, a monthly column, uh, an ask, you know, the financial planner, yes. So if you can do any of these kinds of things, it stands you out and people remember you. Oh, there's that guy who he does financial planning. He was on the TV or he was in the paper. I read his column. So all of these kinds of things are very, very helpful on a local basis. And I'm a great local person. I live in a very small town in upstate New York. And I know that Anybody who does anything and is seen in the media stands out from everybody else. My my girlfriend is a, a real estate agent. And the first thing when she went into practice was I said, how are you going to differentiate yourself? 
and she really had to think about it because we've got several real estate agents, as I'm sure you do and I'm sure that many of our listeners do, in their backyard. So you always have to be looking at how can you stand out from the crowd? How can you do something different? If everybody's zigging, then you zag. If you see the cover of My Riches and Niches, you'll see goldfish swimming in one direction, a whole shoal of them, and you've got one goldfish swimming in the opposite direction. And that's exactly what your listeners need to be, is that goldfish swimming in the opposite direction. Right. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> it makes it makes a lot of sense, and uh, I appreciate that that insight. I, I also like you and I could probably go on for a lot longer than a half hours, but I'm going to ask another question that you just kind of brought to my attention as you're talking there. In your experience, because of the you know you bring these decades of experience, one thing that I try to convey to our clients is that once you have the book, it has you know. A, leverage it many different ways, but it has a, a long shelf life. I mean, you already mentioned your one book, the the, the the niche book, was 2007. Can you share, Susan, just any practical advice about that too? I, I don't want people to think, okay, in so many things that people do these days, they do it, they use it for a week, two weeks, a month, and then they forget about it. And I, you know, even some of our authors, I'm always challenging, hey, what have you done? They've, the book is done, and now the hard work, hard work, you know, is involved with actually using it. But as far as the shelf life of a book, and the fact that you know you can create it in 2020 and still be using it, you know, a couple of years down the road, any just insight or experience with that? other than your own book, obviously, that you can share? So the one thing to give a book or anything that you write longevity, I believe in it being evergreen. Mm. So that means that it's going to last 10 years, 20 years from now, that material is still relevant. I wrote an article 20 years ago. It's still being downloaded because the material is evergreen. It's something that people can use all the time, whether, you know, things have moved on or not. And some industries move quicker than others. But if you're in an industry that moves slowly, that's priceless when it comes to evergreen type material. Well, I'm sure you would agree. I mean, the beauty of self-publishing or, you know, publishing, hybrid publishing, where you work with someone like yourself or myself, the flexibility of being able to update content. I'm working with an elder law attorney. We were doing work today. The book that they published last year, there's some new numbers that they want to include for this year's version. And, you know, we can easily do that for them. So that is one of the benefits with technology these days that uh, the, the, the days of having to buy thousands of copies of your book and, and store them in your garage, they're long gone. Very much so. And again, what can they do with the one product that they can make into multiple different products? Mm -hmm. That's also a technique that I encourage people to use. As I said, checklists, tip sheets, reports, mini books, courses, all of that can be used just from one book. What about someone who's listening who, you know, wants the 
benefits of a book, would like to have a book, but doesn't believe either they're a good enough writer, that they have enough information, that who are they to quote be an author, what would you share with that person? Books are being written all the time by other people. All the celebrities out there who are getting their book published are ghostwritten. I don't think these people have time to write. They're ghostwriters who can capture your voice and produce something as if it was you speaking. People think they can't write, and you don't have to sit down and write. Somebody else can do it for you. It's just getting it out there. Every one of your listeners, I'm sure, has a wealth of information in one area or another. That's what we want to capture. And your brilliance with these shooks, I just love them. I think they're a wonderful way for, you know, Joe the plumber or Fred the financial planner to have something that makes them look like a celebrity in their own right. Well, I appreciate that. And again, given your uh, experience, that means something. So thank you. What about mistakes or pitfalls to be aware of. So if someone's saying, you know what, I'm doing it. I'm 2020 is the year I am going to publish my first book. Any words of advice about what not to do? For me, I, I had to think about this. And for me, asking for help was the hardest thing. So don't be frightened to ask for help. As I said, there are other people out there who can help you with this. And that's, I know, a service that you offer your clients is just help me ask for help so that you can actually get it done. You do not have to do it. And that's something I thought that I had to do. I grew up with that premise of you have to do it. You have to work out how it's going to get done. And I was always frightened to ask for help to the point when I was writing the meeting and event planning book, there was a chapter in there that I did not know anything about. I had to put together the chapters prior to the book being approved by Wiley. And I just thought, how am I going to do this chapter? I don't know anything about it. I don't even feel interested in the subject matter. And then I started to think, there are people out there who do know about it. Let me find the right person to help me write that chapter. And that's what I did. I felt very guilty at the time, but I did it. And we got that chapter written. And hey, it just took asking the right people for the right piece of information and the right help. So don't be frightened to do it. Everybody does it. Oh, they should do it. They're not. (laughs) Right. I mean, and listen, there's so many opportunities, whether it's buying a book, buying a course, hiring somebody, joining, you know, Facebook groups, whatever. I mean, you're absolutely right. There's just too many opportunities to connect with people uh, to help you. So without a doubt, that should be really the, you know, in this day and age, probably the least of someone's excuse once they get past that mental hurdle. Susan, I'm going to ask another off-the-cuff question just again because you're really the first other publisher so far that I've interviewed for this podcast, so your insights are appreciated. Is there anything you're seeing in the book authoring world and, and publishing of books 
that's maybe a new trend or anything that you just, you know, you're seeing that's happening that might be something unique or different or something to be aware of? What I'm finding, Mike, is that people are looking at many different versions of the same thing. So I know that your books are not only in print, but they're also audio. Uh, they're also ebooks. And you have to offer all these different modalities, I believe, or different versions of the book because people consume information in different ways. And what it's doing there is allowing everybody. Now, does it mean that just because you've got an audible version that people won't buy the the actual printed version, or if you've got the ebook, they won't buy the printed version. They often buy both or all of the above. So, which is a really interesting, you'd think they'd only buy one, but I know for myself, I often buy two or three different versions of the book because I want to listen to it while I'm driving. I, I need to see it sometimes if it's information that I want to consume. And so I buy the ebook, and then sometimes I want to highlight stuff and I want to actually have that tangible copy. So I buy the printed version. So that's, I think that in terms of trends, I would think that's the way people need to be thinking is how many different versions of the same book can I bring out yeah, or the same material? Yes. Very wise, very wise. Well, well, listen, as we get ready to wrap up here, what would be one thing you would want listeners to take away from our conversation today? To want to set themselves apart, and I believe there's nothing like being published as a way to do that, because so few people are doing it, especially in a local market. And as I say, if you've got lawyers, if you've got chiropractors, if you've got dentists, doctors, whoever you've got listening, and Main Street publisher, Main Street authors, they if they have this book in their hand, they can give it away and it's really going to set them apart. So if the more they can do that or the quicker they can do that, the better off I believe they can be to uh, really establish themselves with that bit more credibility than their competitors. I don't think I could have said it better. So thank you. And, and thank you for this conversation. And before we go, Susan, why don't you share how listeners can learn more about you and your books and your services and all that good stuff? Well, what I'd like to offer your listeners are two things. One is that if they would like to learn how to find their own niche market, if they don't feel comfortable that they're in an actual niche market, then I've got 10 questions that they, in order to find a niche or niche for themselves, so they can email me at susan at avivahubs.com. And I hope you'll put that in the show notes so that they get the spelling of that. And then if they would really like to have time with me, then I would love to give them a little niche marketing checkup, or if they want to have me help them find their niche, I could do that in 15 minutes, believe it or not. They just have to 
spend time with me. And so if they would like a 15-minute complimentary call with me, and I won't try and sell you anything, so feel free, again, email me at susan at avivapubs.com. Well, we'll most definitely include that in the show notes. And, and I want to really you know, let you know, Susan, I thank you. I appreciate uh, I really enjoyed your podcast and listening to your podcast. So we'll make sure people can get that too because the interviews you're doing are quite interesting. And, uh, you know, just thank you very much for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you. And thank you to all your listeners. You've just listened to another insightful episode of the Main Street Author Podcast. If you've been on the fence about writing your own book, there's no better time than now to become a Main Street Author. To learn more, visit MainStreetAuthor.com. That's MainStreetAuthor.com. And while you're there, schedule a complimentary strategy session with Mike to discuss your book ideas. See you next time. And remember, you can do this.